Hey y'all, welcome back to Girls Gems and Giggles. Who remembers that song? I'm every woman, it's all in me. Okay, don't change the station just because I sang, okay? <laughs> but anyway, my next guest reminds me of that song. I'm telling you, she's like an empowerment coach, a spiritual guide, intuitive business mentor, a Reiki master. She's so much. And that's why I say she reminds me of I'm Every Woman. Her energy is just so powerful. And it's it's like contagious. So when you listen to her, you're like inspired for life. And she made me want to sign up for her mentorship program. I'm telling you. I'm serious. I, I know I would learn so much. Um, some of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode are trauma responses, um, the importance of healing, different types of feminine energies, how to do shadow work, so much more, cultivating your business, enhancing your creativity, and spiritual retreats. I learned so much. I'm like, I'm ready to go on a retreat now. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> Sounds so powerful and life-changing. So I can't wait for you to listen. So let's go, okay? I'll see you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Girls, Gems, and Giggles. I'm super excited about Diana. Diana Min is a special guest we have here today. She's an empowerment coach, a spiritual guide, and she's an intuitive business mentor. She also um, works with Reiki and so much more. She's also going to tell us a little bit about her business, the Legacy Mastermind. So I'm so excited. Please welcome Diana to the show. Diana, how are you today? Hi, Joy. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, you have a lot of things going on. How do you manage it all? You know what? Somebody actually asked me that the other day. They're like, you must be extremely busy. I'm like, I actually only work like three or four days a week. <laughs> So yeah, it doesn't, it seems like I do a lot, but I also say, you know, when you do what you love, it's more like playing than it is like actual work. So, you know, and time flies when you're having fun. So (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. I love that you work three to four days a week. I'm super jealous. Like I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Then you can like carve time for yourself and that's super important, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you are a feminine being, nourishment is actually such a big part of how we operate, right? Like we're not really meant to work um, all the time the way some more masculine energies like to just kind of push forth energy all the time. Like we work in cycles, right? Kind of like our moon cycle. We have, you know, periods of rest. We have periods of high energy. We have periods of um, more cocoon and nourishment, right? And really just honoring those cycles of our energy will really help optimize our performance when we are uh, needing to output uh, more energy or create. Absolutely. I love that. You know, speaking of feminine energy, I, mm. I want to hear a little bit more about why it's so important for women to remain in their feminine energy and you said there's different types of inner feminine energy, right? There's like the divine feminine and the woman, the wounded feminine. I'm sorry. Can yeah. you explain the differences between the two? Absolutely. Yeah. So I would like to also say it's only important if a woman prefers to be in her feminine energy. This is some women really do prefer to be in their masculine energy. And if that works for them, I want to say more power to you. I never want to, you know, try to concretely say you should or shouldn't do anything, right? Like everything is up to you and you have the freedom to choose. However, um, naturally women uh, operate best in their feminine energy because of their, their energetic makeup. They have more of a feminine imprint. And so, yeah, there are many different, uh, 
I guess, expressions of feminine energy, right? Because like you said, the wounded feminine is more of um, more of like a damsel in distress, if you can think of that, right? Like she's kind of like, kind of lamenting or she's kind of always complaining or she's always like looking to other people for validation or she kind of outsources her power and maybe she's a little bit of a victim or maybe she's just needing somebody to come in and save her, right? Like you kind of know those women that are like, somebody's always wronging them, right? And every story they tell you, they're always, somebody's wronged them. And you're always looking at her like, girl, are you sure you didn't do anything in this situation <laughs> to contribute to that? And they're always the victim, right? And you're like, hmm, seems to be a pattern, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And then we have our divine feminine, right? These are, these are the ones that when you come into their energy, you feel nourished. You feel the lightness in their energy. You feel seen. Like they, they carry a, a, a particular type of power that just magnetizes you. You don't know why you're like, I just want to be near you. You know, like mm -hmm. you just feel drawn into their energy and it, and it's just a very like magnetic and it just has like a power a force um, that comes along with that. And so, um, you know, there's, there's also many different iterations of that, right? Everything's a spectrum. So I don't, again, never want to like um, corner anyone into a label, but because we all have been in both at some point in our lives and maybe not to the extreme, but you know, again, it, everything exists on a spectrum. So. Absolutely. You know, the past like year, I've been trying to be more in touch with my feminine energy and mm -hmm. I found that it helps me like when I'm more like in a creative state, whether rather than just like a busy kind of just like work, work, work state, but more creative or just like dancing and being around other women. And we're just like in this high vibration and it's just made me feel so good. And so I guess that's one of the ways you can kind of transfer out of sort of like a wounded feminine into a divine feminine. Are there some other ways you, you could suggest being more in that divine feminine? Yeah, well, first, I love that, you know, you've been tapping into more of your feminine energy and definitely being around other, you know, empowered feminine queens is always going to help <laughs> support that, right? But I also believe that healing is really the pathway to allowing yourself to tap into your own divine feminine power. Because the thing with the wounded feminine is that it's in the name, she's wounded, right? She needs healing. And a lot of those wounds may still be, you know, energetically bleeding, right? And if we don't take care of those wounds, you really can't move forward, right? If you don't take accountability for your life and, and what you've been through, and start to take ownership of your experience and really reclaim your power, it's going to be really hard to move forward and ascend beyond that wounded feminine expression. And so, really doing the work on healing, whatever it is that may have happened to you um, in your childhood, in your relationships, um, in your family, in your work, right? And really, I think the main core element of being a divine feminine or an empowered feminine being is knowing that you always have the power, you hold the power, you have the choice, right? And no matter what may have happened to you, you have the choice of how you will want to move forward. And that shift in mindset will really get you out of that wounded feminine energy and put you back in the driver's seat of being able to decide what kind of life experience you want to have. Mm, I love that. So it's, it's basically reclaiming your power back, calling yes. all those energetic ties, cutting the cords of those negative energetic ties and reclaiming yourself that. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, I think also the wounded feminine too, right? There's, there's this um, idea that you want justice. A lot of times there's this idea that I've been unfairly wronged and I want justice, right? Or I want fairness. Somebody needs to make this right. And I think when we really let go of that idea that the world will treat us fairly and everything will be just 
in the end, which isn't realistic, we can actually come out of that victim state a lot easier and begin to move forward into uh, back into our power. Yeah, I think it helps to kind of like alchemize the things you've been to and find something positive in any situation. And I know it can be hard, easier said, but there's always some lesson or some blessing or something, um, whether it's a testimony or something for you to help others. You know what I mean? Like there's just always something. So it's like that. I think that can kind of help people when they're like trying to feel like, okay, like I like get over the fact that they were wronged in some way. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, they always say it, it's things are, will be better in the end. If it's not better yet, it's not the end yet. So keep going. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> absolutely. I love that. So speaking of things that people have went through in the past, um, I know you talk a lot about trauma responses and how do trauma responses affect various areas of a person's life? Oh, it affects every part of your life, really, because if you are still living in a state of trauma in your mind, body, or spirit, you really have a hard time perceiving reality as it is, right? Because if you are in fight or flight, you're in survival mode, everything is going to seem like a threat, everything is going to seem dangerous. You're always going to perceive yourself as being unsafe in situations that actually are not unsafe. But the way that you perceive life is going to feel more like a landmine, right? Where you're like in the jungle and you're just like fighting for your life when life can really be a walk in, in a rose garden. And that is the difference between having trauma responses run your life, running your nervous system, running your mind, keeping you stuck in a, a, a essentially a PTSD um, perspective or really embracing and opening up and allowing life to be the beautiful experience it is. And I, I know that firsthand, um, and this is maybe something you ha- didn't receive from kind of like digging into my into my work is that I've, I'm a, a child of trauma. I, I was abused by my mother um, when I growing up in New York. Uh, my entire life, she was, a, she was bipolar and a narcissist as well. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life, I grew up in a survival state. I was constantly looking for the next threat to my physical safety, right? And that really causes a lot of damage in your life because I mean if you think everything is a nail then you're going to be a hammer right like that's just kind (laughs) of what it is and so life begins to really open up and soften up when you start to really heal and understand um, and rewire your life experiences in your mind and your body and your spirit and I wouldn't be here today if I didn't really invest like a decade of work into hearing myself so that I can truly be present with how beautiful and loving and nourishing life can be. But everything externally is a reflection of our internal world, right? And so that's why it's so, so important to do the inner work because your outer reality will always just be a reflection of what you're already experiencing within yourself. Yeah, I've... I find that it's like for me too, I move very cautiously in the world. And I didn't realize it until you just said that, that I'm probably operating out of a trauma response. And that's why I feel like everywhere, everybody can be so unsafe or I'm just like overly cautious. I didn't realize. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I did hear that, like, because I always heard like I feel like I'm kind of like an empath right but I did hear that empaths are usually that way because they've had to learn how to gauge their environment so much like for instance when if you grow up with a narcissistic mother or something Mm -hmm. like that because you're so in tune to their different emotional states and knowing Mm -hmm. how you need to react and respond that you become super sensitive now everywhere you go Oh, 100%, because now you are 
you're like, oh, when somebody's mood is changing, that means it's about to be dangerous, right? So it's like your body has adapted to its environment to best, um, you know, find safety for you, hopefully, right? And so it is like a, it's a survival adaptation for you to be able to read the energy around you to make sure you've, you've got to do what you got to do to keep yourself safe. Absolutely. You know, I was speaking to someone at the gym before and I was explaining to her how I used to be in a narcissistic relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And he, I, I feel like a lot of his wounds came from like his mother issues as well. And she was trying to say, she was telling me like, well, I get tired of people blaming their issues on their mother. And I'm like, no, I don't because I feel like the mother is the main like symbiotic relationship that mm -hmm. affects everything else in your life. Like if there are negative bonds there or trauma there with that mother wound, it can affect so much for so many years. And so, like you said, it's so important to heal. And I think that people do need to take that into account. And I know it feels like sometimes people are like, oh, they always blame the mother, but no, there it does have a lot to do with trauma, you know? Yeah. And, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, we actually choose our parents. I believe So that. like your soul had an agreement with your mother's soul before you got to earth, before you were incarnated into these bodies. And you're like, all right, mom, you're going to give me lots of trauma. Okay. And then <laughs> because my soul really needs to ascend in this lifetime, <laughs> you know, because I think about it too. Like, and, and as much as I've been through with my, my own mother, I don't blame her by any means because at the end of the day, all behavior is learned, right? Like, she abused me because she was abused and and so on up the up the bloodline right and so here i am uh i got to had the choice and opportunity to heal myself and now i get to do work of helping other people heal and helping other people um overcome their trauma and helping people expand and and grow and evolve beyond their circumstances and i get to help people um and so I wouldn't be here having such a beautiful impact on the people in my world if it wasn't for the trauma that I was given in this lifetime. So it definitely served its purpose. Yeah, I agree. I I do think that we we choose our, our parents, our friends, our spouses, just everybody that we're going to encounter before. How I picture it is like, there's some like, meeting we have you know the setting. yeah okay this is the role you're gonna play you agree or disagree and, da, 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 da. and then you come on down and you don't remember any of it but yes you agree to these challenges these benefits and I guess so we must have agreed this many many moons ago to meet up on March 2nd <laughs> to talk oh about yeah it. so we can do this podcast and talk right. about it and hopefully get this message out to those that need to hear it we definitely agreed on this girl <laughs> <laughs> well glad to see you again in this lifetime mm -hmm. um so I guess a lot of what goes into healing is like shadow work right mm-hmm so can you explain like what is shadow work and what are some of the ways that someone could go about doing that shadow work? Okay, yeah. So shadow work, I love, it's such a buzzword these days. And you know, what's funny is I was doing shadow work before I ever knew it was shadow work. It was just called work. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> shadow work is about diving deep into our subconscious right so if we think about the light is our conscious mind right what we can visibly see at the surface of what we're thinking day to day the shadow is subconscious right so it's underneath the conscious it's things that we're not very aware of that are driving our thoughts behaviors and motivations and our actions right so how do you become aware of your subconscious, right? If it's not in your, you don't have access to it, access to it consciously, you have to start to go digging, right? Digging can mean sitting in meditation and just letting your thoughts run and trying to get into the, un, under the layer and under, under, under the layers, keep digging 
through yourself, right? Uh, shadow work can mean speaking with a therapist or a counselor or a coach of some kind and having them reflect back to you your blind spots, which I would honestly say that is the most conducive. Even as a coach, I have my own therapist, right? Because everybody has blind spots. Everybody has things they cannot see about themselves because you're in it, right? When you're in the box, you can't see what the box looks like from outside, right? You need somebody outside the box to kind of tell you what you're doing. And so that's a really good way to, to get to some deeper layers within yourself. And another aspect of shadow work is actually diving deeper into our darker emotions. I feel like as a society, we how many times have somebody told you, don't cry, don't mm -hmm. cry. And it's like, no, cry. <laughs> you should cry because you should feel into your pain and allow that to be expressed because how often do we laugh and somebody says, don't laugh, right? Like <laughs> people are like, yes, enjoy yourself, laugh, have fun, right? But as soon as a darker emotion comes, we try to stifle it because it's been deemed as negative or bad. But if we can stop judging our emotions and allow them to be what they are, which are energetic frequencies moving through our body, right? Emotional vibrations that need to be expressed. It's like a wave of energy. If you stop that wave from crashing, what's it gonna do? It's gonna start to build up. It's gonna to start to build up energetic resistance in your body. This is how disease is formed. This is how mental um, illnesses form. This is how personality disorders form from the lack of processing emotions in a healthy way. So shadow work is really inviting your darker or less pleasant emotions and allowing them to have space to be felt and experienced, right? Times where, I have clients that are just like, I need to get out of this emotion. I'm like, why are you trying to escape it? Mm. If we have the tools to be able to know that this is a temporary sensation and it too shall pass. And if I allow myself to be here present with it, not only will I find some deep soul wisdom in this, but I'll also be stronger for it. Would we, would we be so quick to run? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I really do believe that sometimes it's just really about being present with how we feel and not trying to escape the moment and ourselves. Yeah, it can be like really hard to just like let go. Like even when you say say like meditation, it's like, okay, but <laughs> I don't know how to meditate, right? It's like, so how, what if somebody's like, I know you just say meditate, but like, what if I don't know how? What, is there a method to that? So there, there are d many different methods to that for sure. And I would say the best way for a beginner meditator is to listen to guided meditations. Mm -hmm. Guided meditations you can find on YouTube. You can find it on the Insight Timer app. And those are going to be really good for helping you to focus your mind, right? Because the mind is a, is a wild animal and it's really hard to tame. And so having a guide that kind of leads you through a meditation is going to be really great for beginners. Now, if you feel like you want to dive into something deeper, try just sitting in silence. Sitting in silence, I so I did a 10-day silent meditation retreat one time, and it was the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done like 200 ayahuasca ceremonies, so Ooh. just for context, right? <laughs> so, but sitting in silence and just observing your thoughts, right? So a lot of times we attach to our thoughts the same way we attach to our emotions. And the thing is, neither our thoughts or our emotions are actually part of us. They're also temporary experiences, temporary sensations. And we are the awareness behind all of that. We are the stage in which the thoughts and the emotions dance across. But when we have mistaken those thoughts and emotions as who we are and a, and a reflection of us, it's when we get messed up. And so sitting in meditation is sitting back and being the observer and observing your thoughts, observing your emotions, and just being more inquisitive and, and looking underneath them, right? Trying to explore, where is this coming from? Why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling this way about this person? Why, why am I feeling this way about myself, right? It's just being more inquisitive about yourself and, and again, peeling back the layers 
of your conscious and your subconscious to really find the root of, of what's, dri what's the driving force behind that actually. Oh, I actually feel that way about myself because I don't feel like I'm good enough. And so because I don't feel like I'm good enough, I'm projecting um, jealousy upon this girl that really has nothing to do with her. You know what I'm saying? So there's always deeper layers to our behaviors, thoughts, and actions. And so shadow work is really going down deeper into the basement of ourselves and trying to find what this really is because it's never usually what it seems like on the surface. Mm. I love that. I, w I want to hear more about your 10-day silent retreat. <laughs> oh, yeah. My 10-day silent meditation. Oh, I actually have a whole podcast episode on it, but I'll definitely talk about it um, for your listeners. If you ever want to dive into my podcast, it's the Urban Indigo Podcast, and there's an episode all about my 10-day silent meditation retreat, and it was intense. But yeah, so it's called a Vipassana, and they're, they offer them all over the world. What's amazing about it is that they're free. Um, they're by donation. Um, you know, you basically can leave $2 or $200 at the end if you want. They house you, they feed you for 10 days, but you do have to follow the protocol, which is no speaking to anyone, no making eye contact with anyone, no reading, no writing, no working out. They really want you to shut down all these other parts of your brain to only activate the part of your brain that is meditating 11 hours a day. And you start your first meditation at four o'clock in the morning and your last meditation is around... Uh, 6 p.m. And so it's about 11 hours a day with some breaks in between for food and, and whatnot. Um, you get two meals a day, breakfast and lunch. You basically live like a monk for 10 days. And it's extremely <laughs> powerful because what you essentially what I'm explaining that to do the shadow work, right? You're doing that over the course of 10 days. And it's very intense, the things that you're going to find out about yourself and about your behavior and maybe you know, some people have repressed memories that come up and trauma that surfaces and really having to deal with that um, in silence and process. You're just like processing so much, right? Because on a day-to-day -day, like basis, you're moving about, you're going to work, you're driving your car, you're doing things. You don't really have time, right? To, and you don't have the bandwidth to really go within and, and figure out who am I, you know, inside this body? But in a 10-day silent meditation, all you have is time and all you, your whole job is to really go inside and figure out who you are and what drives you. And um, yeah, lots of stuff will really surface. So for me, it was really intense. I had some really repressed memories of, of childhood abuse that came up with my mother and really painful things that I basically, it, and you know, people say trauma gets stored in the body. It, it, it's extremely true. It's, it gets stored in the nervous system. And it was almost like uh, there was like a bubble of repressed memory. And the way that it, it kind of like rose to the surface and then like exploded at the top, you know, like and, and you could see in like a bubble and it was so intense. And it was something that I had forgotten about, but it was actually very, very <laughs> painful that um, <clears throat> that I had to really see. But then, you know, what's amazing about this Vipassana, the 10-day silent meditation, is that it brings you through a place of awareness where you understand and accept everything. And so there isn't anger, right? There isn't like resentment. It's just like you see it, you understand it, you accept it and you release it. And so I really left that place probably in the most peaceful state I had ever been. And with a deep feeling of forgiveness and just being at peace with everything. That's you know, it wasn't like, how are you now with your mother? Did it help you to forgive and make peace um, with yeah, I mean, I've been working on healing myself for the last 10 years. And so forgiveness is a journey. I always say that for me, I don't see myself, you know, ever having a, a, a close relationship with my mother, because as a person that suffers from mental illness, it's really hard to have a relationship with someone like that. But do I hold anything against her? Absolutely not. Right. Do I love her and appreciate everything that she, you know, did and tried to do for us? Absolutely. But I also, you know, being a healed person has boundaries. So <laughs> I have boundaries around my peace and boundaries around my happiness. And, and those things are not negotiable. So <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I feel like a lot of people might feel guilty. Like, I know I'm supposed to forgive and forgive.
I just can't. But no, the way you put it is like, I'm, I'm at peace with it. I'm understanding her traumas and how they were passed down. I'm understanding what I was able to learn from it. And I'm also mm-hmm. able to set those healthy boundaries and know my limits and what's best for me and my peace. So I think Absolutely. that to say that so that people can feel the same way. I mean, if you know, if they do feel the same way. Right, right. Because just because you love and forgive your mother doesn't mean you need to be besties, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Like your peace is the most important thing, you know? You can't disturb your peace because it affects so many areas of your life. And it's like already so much damage has been done. It's like, okay, I'm not going to invite more damage into my life. I'm trying to heal from the past. You know, I totally get 100%. The more we heal, the more we, I'm sorry, the more we heal, Mm -hmm. the more they heal just through like osmosis, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. through the bloodline, like we don't actually have, like, I don't need to drag my mother into an ayahuasca ceremony or a 10 day silent meditation retreat and be like, Hey mom heal. So we can have a better relationship, right? (laughs) I heal myself. And through the bloodline, I'm healing everybody else too. Mm. I like that. And so Okay, so also plant medicine is a way to do meditation and shadow work, right? Oh, yes. Plant medicine is the ultimate shadow work portal for sure. <laughs> what was that like? Um, I mean, it's re- we need like a whole other hour for that, but I'm going to try <laughs> to do my best. So plant medicine is, like I said, it's a deep portal into the soul. And so whatever it is that is out of distortion, that is out of alignment and in in distortion in your field will be brought to light. And that could be big things like trauma or it could be like small things like uh, insecurities, right? It could be major stuff from your past, or it could be something that happened this week with your friend, uh, where you were out of where you were out of alignment, when you weren't living in your heart, when you weren't being kind, right? Um, it, or it could be about realigning with your purpose. Maybe you're in a job that isn't really meant for you. It's gonna bring that to the surface. You're gonna feel that misalignment really clearly, right? And so. Plant medicine is such an amazing magnifier and flashlight into yourself and into how you may or may be living out of alignment with your true soul purpose. And plant medicine, ayahuasca in particular, is actually my main plant that I work with. And the reason that I am, you know, a light, a spiritual life coach and, um, and doing all the work that I'm doing now, if it wasn't for that I don't know where I would be I'd probably be dead to be honest because it really did save my life and so if anybody's really looking for that major quantum shift and again I'm from New York I I, I like I like fast efficient results you know you're looking for that shortcut I would say plant <laughs> right. medicine is definitely that thing because ayahuasca like one one night at ayahuasca is 20 years of psychotherapy right so I, I don't know where I would be without it. I'd probably still be trying to find the answers to heal myself, but this has been um, a major, major quantum shifter for me and all of the people that I bring into this experience. I actually organize ayahuasca retreats. That's actually part of my business. And um, my next one is in June in Peru. I'm taking a group down. So yeah, it's, uh, if anybody's interested, please look into it either with me or in other whatever area you live in because it's gotten so prevalent in the most recent years and I love it because it really means that people are waking up to the true power of of healing yeah and that's what I was thinking I feel like especially if you're a novice to it it's like you want to make sure you're in a safe place and with people who love and support and kind of been through the experience a lot of times it sounds like your retreats are a place where they could feel like that yeah, yeah. My retreats, I really want you to feel like you're in the womb, like you are nourished from head to toe. We have 
sound healers come in we have caterers and all the food is amazing we have cacao ceremonies we do breath work yoga meditation and along with the the ayahuasca ceremonies and you know me being there also I'm an integration coach for these type of experiences so I really support people as they're preparing to go into uh, the journey and then helping them really integrate everything that they got from the journey right because you're essentially getting in touch with like your higher self and like you're and sometimes you get all these downloads and you come back you know you one foot in the in the cosmic world and one foot in the in the 3d world and you're like how do i <laughs> how do i apply all this it was too much information right and so really just um having tools and, and having support and and practices to really allow yourself to ground everything that you get so that you can really optimize that experience for maximum, you know, maximum um, shifting, I guess, maxim maximum transformation. Because there's many people that I know that can go into an experience like that and, and possibly come out exactly the same. But the, I would say the difference is like, how are you taking that information? And what are you going to, how are you going to move forward with that now, you know? Now, what do you say to people? I don't know if you've had this question for um, like, what if they're scared, like they don't come out the same, like, and they're kind of stuck in some type of mode that they don't want to be stuck in. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's never happened. It's not like acid. Okay. <laughs> that happens to people on acid because oh. acid is a chemical. This is a plant. So this is a, it's a, it's a tea that's mix of a vine and a leaf that's brewed. And so that's never happens because it's, it's just not possible. Everybody comes out better, whether they realize it or not, but whether it's conscious or not, do you get what I'm saying? And what I mean when somebody comes out the same, it's like they've gotten all these downloads of how to be their highest self. They've gotten the downloads of how they should live in their purpose and how they can be a better person. But then they go back into their life and they start doing the same toxic shit. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah. They have the information, but they're not going to utilize it. Whereas somebody else can go in, get all that information, and then actually apply it and use it. And there, that's where the quantum shift really happens. Mm. So is it kind of like you're living more in the 4D, 5D? Or is that? No. You're living in your highest timeline, timeline. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're activating a higher timeline for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So for me example, right, if I can give it to you, I was an alcoholic and a drug addict uh, for the majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was highly aggressive fighting all the time. I was doing what I learned and numbing out with substances from all the trauma that I experienced because I didn't know how to heal it at the time. I go into my first ayahuasca ceremony and I come out completely sober on the other side. <laughs> like, com like I tried to drink after that and I would like, uh, like projectile vomit. And I'm like, what is, you know, and I loved alcohol at the time. I'm like, what is going on? Never could touch another drug in my life. And all of a sudden, like, I just was like, all right, what do I, what do I do? <laughs> like, that's, that's what I mean. It's like, now I've now activated a different timeline right now. The timeline is I'm sober now and now I'm on a healing journey. Whereas the timeline before my ayahuasca ceremony is like, I probably would have, I don't know, died in a drunk driving accident or something. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Your timeline is your sober self. Oh, I love that. Yeah. For well, me in particular, but for someone else could be something else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and that was after your first ceremony that this happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, so everyone after that, you just improved in other ways, but more and more and more, right? Right, right. We keep ascending. We keep ascending. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. So how can we find out about your retreats? And just in, and let's talk a little bit about your business. Just tell us, how can we find you? Because you have so much to offer. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at the urban indigo. I do a lot of content on there and I do a lot of most of my marketing for my events and, and programs on there. I'm new on TikTok, but I'm at the urban indigo on there as well. You know, I'm a little older, so still trying to figure out the, th the thing, you know, <laughs> um, but on both of those platforms, if you click the link in each bio, you'll be able to also sign up for my email list where I send out, um, I don't, 
always promote uh, my ayahuasca retreats on social media. I more so promote it to my email list. So if you want to stay in touch with that, then definitely sign up for that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me on the internet and also on my website at um, www.theurbanandnogo.com. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I live on the internet. <laughs> okay, thank you. And so like, okay, for like the Peru trip, for instance, is it like, do you help people with the packages as far as like, everyone flies out at the same time and you are like, or they just like, so in Peru, we have this beautiful house that we've rented that has like 10 bedrooms and we have a chef that's coming out that will be cooking the entire week, all three meals for everyone. We have a shaman coming out that will be uh, um, doing four ceremonies in that entire week that will be there. We have a yoga teacher that's coming to teach yoga. We'll be doing meditation. I'll be there supporting people through their journey. It's also during the summer solstice, which is also in alignment with the uh, the sun festival, the festival of the sun um, in, in Peru at that time. So there'll be a lot of beautiful excursions that we'll be taking people out on as well. So as far as flights, people organize their own flights. So I just tell them where the, where to land and we have airport, uh, pickup and drop off as well. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, okay, yeah. The name of your business is the legacy mastermind. Right. Well, the name of my business is the Urban Indigo. Oh, but the yeah. The right. the program. No, it's okay. The program that I am currently offering is the Legacy Mastermind, which is basically a intensive container for creators who are looking to expand on their gifts and share themselves with the world, whether it is their. Um, through social media or they're looking to monetize they're looking to create an extra stream of income through really expanding on their sole purpose right because i built my entire multi six-figure business through living in my sole purpose and i literally get to show up and get paid for being who i am and it is the ultimate gift in this world and it allows me so much freedom in my life i work from home i work three to four days a week i can you know work remotely i can take trips whenever i want and i just really thought about it I'm like the internet is such a beautiful place to share your gifts in the world because it is able to reach people that you would never normally reach in in your proximity right in your town in your city wherever and everybody has a gift and if I can support other people in sharing their gifts in the world and help create a channel of abundance for them because in New York when I in my corporate life, I actually worked in sales, marketing, PR, and events. And so I have a really strong business background. And when I combine that with my knowledge of sacred spirituality and quantum energetics, I really think that's what has allowed me to be so successful in my business, especially in a very saturated market, because I know how to use my energy to magnetize and manifest. I know how to get myself in alignment with the success that I want. I know how to create money, right? Because money is energy. And so being able to give uh, and empower other people with these tools, allowing them to really shine in their gifts and create the life and then the lifestyle that they want is really something that I, I felt really passionate about. And so I decided to create a mastermind for people to really learn everything I know and kind of get the blueprint of, of how I've created my success so they can try to duplicate it for themselves and in how, whatever form feels right for them. I just felt like so lit up as you were talking about that. I'm, like, I'm going to be empowered. I want to do that. Like, it just sounds so amazing. Well, um, also it's 444. I just looked at the, at the time and I'm like, I can't, I mean, what more divine alignment do you need? What a message right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I need to join the, the legacy mastermind and so we go to that we go to the urbanindigo.com and that's how you sign up for the legacy mastermind is that how it goes or no you can just go to my instagram or my tiktok and just click the link in my bio and there's an application where you can fill out mm -hmm. and then um yeah then after that you book a call with me and we hop on a call and we get to talk about your dreams and your vision and how i can help expand on them for you and with you together Oh, I love that. 
Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. What if, what if someone doesn't exactly know their dream or their purpose yet? Can you kind of help them fine tune those areas? Oh, yeah, I really do. I, I mean, I also call myself a soul purpose activator, because guess what, a lot of times what's blocking you from your purpose is a lot of the cloud of old trauma and old conditioning. Mm. Right? A lot of times when people heal, they all of a sudden get to this place where they're like, Oh, I'm actually not living in alignment with my true purpose, but I was living in alignment with what I thought other people wanted from me or what I thought was acceptable or what I thought society wanted me to do, what my parents wanted me to do, what my partner wanted me to do, right? When we're not fully in our authentic selves, we are living to please other people, right? And so the more you heal, the more you get in touch with your authentic self, you really start to hear your spirit, yourself, your soul, your purpose speak to you louder. And it's going to push you into different areas and doing different things that you maybe weren't doing before. So yeah, that is definitely something that I, I love to help people uncover. So you were, so you were in a job before that was kind of like unfulfilling or. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, um, well, I worked in, you know, events, PR, um, sales and, in New York, it was actually in my 20s, early 20s, like my dream job, right? Like, I mean, I got to do amazing events with, I got to meet all the celebrities I ever wanted to meet ever. I got to be at all the cool parties on the red carpets doing all this stuff. And I got there and I'm like, this is so empty and unfulfilling and I'm still so unhappy. <laughs> you know, it's like, I was just like, it was, it was flashy, but, and it, it looked good on the outside, but it didn't feel good on the inside and I wanted to create a life that felt both good on the inside and looked great you know <laughs> what was the day like or the process like to where the one day where you were like no more I'm gonna take my path um I had a mental breakdown <laughs> so but it's what we call in the spiritual world a dark night of the soul <laughs> <laughs> I, I really just, uh, I just, my, you know, I, I drank all the time because I was unhappy, right? I did drugs all the time because I, I, I couldn't feel with how much pain I was really feeling on the inside. And I remember I came back from Costa Rica because I took like three, four vacations a year just to escape my reality in New York City. And I came back from Costa Rica, I'm in my apartment in Chelsea, and I just was hysterically crying because I was so miserable so miserable and I just wanted to disappear you know and it wasn't like I wanted to kill myself per, per se but I just didn't want to exist anymore mm -hmm. and I remember I had a, a phone number in my phone and she was just labeled healer and mm -hmm. my girlfriend had given it to me a year ago and I just decided I'm gonna call this woman in the middle of this mental breakdown right now and just cry to see because I was I was desperate. I had no, you know, and she actually answered the phone and I, I cried to this strange woman on the phone for about an hour. And she said, When you're ready, come see me. I'm in Brooklyn. And about a month later I went to go see her and she was a shamanic healer. She was in she was a spiritual healer and and she worked in a lot of different, you know, spiritual realms. And she said, you have, you, she's like, you're not an angry person and you're not an aggressive person. She goes, you have so much pain though. And I can see it all over you. And I couldn't even really afford her at the time. She's really expensive. She used to work for like celebrities and things. So she was like, I'm going to help you though. And so mm -hmm. she gave me a discount and we started working together and she started doing some spiritual healing stuff. I mean, I literally at the time had no clue what it was. I'd go to her apartment, I'd lay down and she put some crystals on me. And then like, she put like an eye mask on me and she's like chanting and drumming and rattling. And I'm just like, I don't know. I would like take a nap, you know, like, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I would wake up and I would feel so much better. And I'm like, wow, I don't know what's happening, but I like it, you know? So I worked with her for about six months and things began to really shift. And she was also the person that introduced me to my first ayahuasca ceremony, which obviously changed my life. So it was just like a general progression of, of me just looking to feel better. And then you just, came back one day and were and just like what put in your notice and went full force on your journey uh no that's the thing with ayahuasca right she starts to really 
when 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 you start to work with the medicine she starts to kind of shift things in your physical life and so people people will come out of a ceremony and then they go back into their lives and they're like oh my god like I got a new job opportunity or I found the love of my life and all of a sudden you know a car dropped in my driveway or whatever you know like just crazy random things start happening and aligning for you and what happened for me was I actually got fired from my job okay yeah I got fired from my job my relationship ended a week after that I had to move I had nowhere to live um so I had no money nowhere to live and so I was like I'm leaving New York and I decided to move to California whoa yeah so that's where your highest timeline was that was your that was your old timeline and so yeah journey had to shift you into your Mm -hmm. high timeline Right, right. And that all had to crumble in order to move me. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) I just I could talk to you all day, but I know you have so many things to do. So I'm going to wrap this up. But wow, you left us with so much. And I'm so thankful for everything. And I hope everyone goes to the urbanindigo.com and check her out on TikTok at the Urban Indigo and also on Instagram to find out more. Um, it's just so much things she has to offer you and her posts are just amazing and so inspirational. And yeah, like I just was inspired every time I, I look at your, your post. So thank you for sharing. With everyone. Thank you, Joy. I'm so grateful that you invited me on your podcast. So I can connect with your audience and hopefully give them uh, some answers into whatever they may be seeking and, yeah, I mean, I I could love talking about this and I can I can jam out about it all day because it really is my passion and my purpose in this life and you know, if you ever want to do this again, we can totally do it again. So, I know uh I know we barely we barely scratched the surface here, but that's the thing about life, right? It, it's so multi-layered. It has, has so much depth to it and and we get to live it, right? We get to live it and we get to share our stories and we get to share it with other people and hopefully inspire them to, to really live, live out their highest timeline as well. (laughs) Okay. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us on Girls, Gyms and Giggles today. I know you were super inspired by Diana Mann. Please follow her. Um, She's just a wonderful person as you can hear and we just love your energy. So thank you and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Hey, guys, I know you enjoyed that last episode of Girls, Gems, and Giggles. If you like what you hear here, please make sure that you follow our show, that you're subscribed so that you get the alerts on when we have a brand new episodes coming out. And also share with someone who might enjoy this show as well. You can reach us by email at girlsgemsandgiggles at mail.com and a link to our website is in the bio of the show. Feel free to leave a positive review. We love to hear from you guys. We'd also like if you would like to be a guest on our show, please submit that information through our website or our email as well and we can discuss opportunities to come on the show. Anyways, If all you want to do is sit back and listen, we love you for that too. Whatever you want to do, we're just glad that you're part of this journey with us. We love you. Stay great. Peace.